Hey, welcome in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, guys. Thank you for tuning in. First thing I want to say is uh, this is episode show number six of season number five. We're in a new month, flipping the calendar to February now in uh, 2024. Can you believe that? It's off season. The Pro Bowl was just played, high scoring Pro Bowl. I think it's flag football. The guys don't wear any helmets. So, Consequently, I really don't have a lot of interest in watching it. Um, however, I know there's stars out there. You know, they get to mingle with the fans. And, and you know, I did see a couple of highlights. I got to say this. I saw a couple of highlights, and there is some tremendous athletic ability out there, even though the guys aren't wearing helmets. Um, I believe it's flag football, right? Um, the NFC won the game. It was a high-scoring game. There was not much defense in this one. And I've actually got the score of the game. It was like in the 50s or 60-point range. Uh, by the way, we had some um, a tornado. Was Some tornadoes were spotted. Some touched the ground in northeast Florida and southeast Georgia. There was some damage in um, – Southwest Jacksonville, we're okay here at World Headquarters. I will tell you that we're okay here. I haven't really checked the branches, but there's going to be branches and limbs down, and we had some rain. We were really in, at World Headquarters, we were really in a good spot. Kind of things were happening, you know, to our west and, you know, to our east and north, and and uh, thank goodness we didn't have anything serious happen here at World Headquarters, but I understand in southwest uh, Jacksonville, not too far from here, there were some damage. There was some damage to homes. Got a report this morning that there was some damage, significant damage up around Valdosta, Georgia. So there were some tornadoes sighted. It was actually a tornado or two, I think, that officially made landfall. Landfall, even uh, even if it was just a brief amount of time a tornado is a tornado we know about straight line winds and the damage they can cause as well so we got through sunday's uh weather sunday's weather february the 4th seemed like most of the significant damage out there and i know there was a there was a storm near the uh duval clay county line as well but mainly in southwest Jacksonville, there was some significant damage. Uh, limbs down, you know, debris. Um, we're going to be hearing more about it. Again, there was uh, some damage to homes in primarily southwest Jacksonville, also up in southeast Georgia around about the Valdosta, uh, Georgia area. And there were tornado warnings, you know, in a half a dozen uh, counties or more on uh, Sunday, February the 4th. So there is some significant damage, some damage to homes, tree limbs, branches, the usual stuff that kind of coincides with, you know, rough storms and a lot of wind. There was even some hail. I think there was some hail reported where in Middleburg and in a few other places as well. It was interesting kind of following the storms, and we did that at, um, of course, our BigJReport.com Facebook group. And we keep up to date with the weather at BigJReport.com. That's BigJReport.com. Back to this uh, Pro Bowl situation. It was a high-scoring game. 
The NFC did edge the AFC in the game. And um, I've got a score. And here we go. NFL Pro Bowl game. Not much defense in this one. An exhibition mainly. NFC 64. The AFC 59 was the final in the Pro Bowl. This is kind of the warm-up for the Super Bowl. Now, years and years ago, I think there was a time they actually played the Pro Bowl maybe a week after the Super Bowl. And most of the Super Bowl participants, most of them did not go to the Pro Bowl after that. You know, this is a way to keep a little football going in between because obviously there's an open, an open week. There's two weeks between the NFC title game and the AFC title game to the Super Bowl. So the NFC title game was played. The AFC title game was played. You got the San Francisco 49ers playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Las Vegas. They got a nice new stadium in Las Vegas, which which houses the Raiders. And so believe it or not, this Super Bowl is actually going to be played in Vegas. Las Vegas, no doubt. Again, the NFL Pro Bowl game, not much defense in this one. An exhibition mainly, the NFC 64 the AFC 59 on Sunday, February the 4th. It looked like most of the guys were wearing those training camp hats when it was hot. No helmets. I don't think they wore pads either. No pads. Um, and it was basically flag football. However, you got to see some, you got to see the athletic ability and the talent of players. I got a report from our correspondent, John Gaylor. And, uh, you know, the Jaguars had a few players there. The long snapper, Matisic, uh, was long snapping. Uh, he kind of got, and some people really gave him the business uh, and said he did poorly in the skills competition. Whatever the skills competition, I kind of missed that. But whatever the skills competition was during the week of Pro Bowl week, Matisic, they said he didn't perform well in the skills um, competition, but I asked John Gaylor, I said, man, he must have had a great season. How many long snappers are invited to the Pro Bowl in the AFC? And he said one, and it was the Jaguars' Matisic, their long snapper. Uh, Josh Allen at the Pro Bowl, he was a, a guy that led the Jaguars in sacks. He's looking for a new contract. And, you know, recently the Josh Allen camp was not happy because Balky's not talked to um, I guess Josh Allen's representatives yet, but I'm, I know that will happen. And it's going to be a big contract when he, you know, when he, when he re-signs, hopefully with the Jaguars. They really need to re-sign him. It's going to be a deal, could be a $100 million deal or more. Depends on how many years. It's going to be a multi-year deal, and it's going to be worth well over $20 million, maybe upwards of $28, 29000000 million a year. Um, Balky said recently in a press conference, he didn't know what the final number would be. But, you know, hopefully Balky, the general manager of the Jaguars, can come together with the Josh Allen camp and his representatives because it's going to be probably close to a king's ransom uh, to keep the Jacksonville Jaguars sack leader who broke Calais Campbell's sack record. In fairness, I'm going to say Josh still has improvement to make. I mean, he's got the sack record, but I think he's still got to improve on his consistency and other aspects of his game. But he's a great player. I want, personally, as your Teal Shirt Report podcast host, I do want the Jaguars to re-sign him. 
I want Trayvon Walker to continue to improve and become a dominant player in year three and year four of his rookie deal. And, you know, in the, the mock draft I saw said the Jaguars would maybe draft a cornerback at number 17. I'm not really in favor of that. I'd prefer an interior offensive lineman or probably a potential number one wide receiver. I got a report from our uh, correspondent and supporter of the podcast, John Gaylor. I know he watched the Pro Bowl. And, you know, John, I saw I saw some great highlights. I saw a couple of highlights. Peyton Manning was on the field. Maybe he was one of the coaches. As I understand it, Peyton was on the sidelines, and that always makes, for a lot of people, must-see TV. I'm not really a big Pro Bowl fan. If I watch the Pro Bowl, it's going to be back in the day when they, they were wearing helmets and pads and were actually tackling people. And it was a legit football game. This was not a legit football game. This was flag football. But there was a lot of talent, a lot of talent and athletic, what, what athleticism on display. Because I saw a couple of highlights. And man, those guys were moving fast. And uh, perhaps without the pads and helmets, there was maybe even more of an accent on the actual speed of the game how fast these guys can move. And so I'm, I'm looking at both aspects of it. The fans love to see the, uh, the players and Evan Ingram, who was in the pro bowl, as I understand it, primarily because, uh, Kelsey with the chiefs is in the super bowl. Evan Ingram then was invited to the pro bowl, but he had a great season. He had a 100, he had over a hundred catches. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of pro and con from our executive producer, uh, JC in regards to Evan Ingram. Um, Jaguars, in my opinion, have got to draft a potential number one wide receiver. Whether that comes in the first round or the second round, the Jaguars have got to find a guy on a rookie deal that can blossom. So I think the first round and second round, the Jaguars got to go after a wide receiver in the first or second round. And the other picks got to be a really good, you know, guard slash center, maybe even a left tackle that can play a little guard. Um, 17 would be a great position to take an interior offensive lineman, in my opinion. I saw a mock draft by Daniel Jeremiah, and we're going to be looking at mock drafts over the next few days, the next few weeks here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, and there's going to be a bunch of them out there to look at. And I've got to the point in life where I think we used to look at mock drafts during the season when the Jaguars were really plummeting and having real bad years. Now I've got to the point where I don't really like looking at them real early. This is the time to start looking at them in February, March, April. Keep in mind, the mock drafts are going to change a good bit after teams make signings during the free agent frenzy, you know, in March. My thoughts, I think the Jaguars need to sign maybe one or two defensive linemen to go with the new defensive coordinator, guys that that he's seen on a film that says, man, I think that guy would fit our defensive scheme perfectly. And they're fundamentally sound tacklers and can help us attack the football and stop the other teams and stop those, stop the opponents from getting sustained drives on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is episode show number six. I thought Clay, what's his name? Clay Brooks with the Jaguars um, wore a different number one time, but he wears number six. 
and I did look up his picture. He does have a number six on, on his jersey. That's, um, who was that, Chris Claybrooks uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, plays defensive back. He was a high draft pick. He was either a sixth or seventh round draft pick, Chris Claybrooks. Um, I do see him wearing a number six. You know, he's had some he's had some troubles personally, and you know, hopefully he's over that or getting over that. Um I know he was arrested on domestic uh, domestic assault and vandalism at one time, but hopefully he's gotten through that. Um, he's been with the Jaguars like four years, but he was a high pick. He was a sixth or seventh round guy. We'll have to confirm what round he was drafted in, but uh, Clay Brooks, I believe he was out of Memphis. He's uh, returned kickoffs for the Jaguars. He's played significant time in the defensive backfield. He's a cornerback. The Jags have gotten a lot of mileage out of him on a rookie deal, except for, you know, the legal troubles that he was in um, for a brief time. So he wears number six. We're going to, we're going to actually salute Chris Claybrooks. There was a couple of guys nationally um, that I looked at that wear number six as well. We'll take a look at some of those guys. I think Baker Mayfield was one. I better pull out Baker Mayfield's picture. We'll take a look at that in a moment. And the other guy was Jay Cutler, played with the Chicago Bears, the Bears. He wore number six, played college ball at Vanderbilt. So um, I think those are our three number sixes. We got uh, Chris Claybrooks, who actually plays cornerback. He's a backup cornerback, but has played a lot of football for the Jaguars. Uh, He's returned kicks as well. And I believe, according to Gaylor, he's going into his fourth year. He was drafted. He was in, you know, one of uh, former general manager Dave Codwell's, one of his last drafts that he did before he was given his walking papers. We're, we're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. Hey, you know Saucer Realty and Capital, man. They do real estate deals in uh, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Lake City, Live Oak a lot of areas in between and even a little bit south of that North Florida line, that saucer realty and capital, you'll find their link on our website at bigjreport.com on the homepage, scroll the homepage. And when you, when you see the 24 seven North Florida weather info right in the middle or toward the end of the weather, you'll find a link for saucer realty and capital. And Larry, not only do they offer you, really great service and as far as real estate needs go as far as buying you know or selling your home or buying a new home or a second home they can evaluate the property larry has done property appraising for years he has experience vast experience in property appraising and of course for your real estate needs saucer realty and capital uh here in north florida you'll find a link to uh, Saucer Realty and Capital on our homepage at BigJReport.com. Don't forget also the Mad Max Mix, Wednesday nights, internet radio, Wednesday night musical quest show with Mad Max, 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And I want to thank Max for interviewing me during his show. I usually go on Max's show maybe once a month, twice a month. And we enjoy doing that. Max has got listeners in uh, Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Max is kind of located near the Georgia-Alabama border. Uh, He's got listeners up in Tennessee, Michigan, and many uh, surrounding states. 
the Mad Max Mix dot Weebly dot com. We have a link. We have an absolute link to Mad Max's show on our website at bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com. In the outside the box section, you'll find an article about Mad Max and his show, and there's a link there to Mad Max's Wednesday night internet radio music request show, the Mad Max Mix dot weebly.com. You'll find links in the outside the box section and also the neighbors two section for Mad Max's Wednesday night show. Also, don't forget now, Lake Eufaula Hits. That's right, LakeEufaulaHits.com. Great, absolutely great internet radio where it's all good. If you've been looking, if you've absolutely been looking for an internet radio station, LakeEufaulaHits.com, where it's all good. Great internet radio, and you can go to LakeEufaulaHits.com and... Um, when I pull it up on the laptop, JC, it does have the HTTPS, you know, and the, what is that, the semicolon and the two slashes, and then www.lakeyoufallahits.com. If you're looking for it on your browser, simple way to find it, go to bigjreport.com, go to our Neighbors 2 section, and you'll find near the concert area, or scroll up from there, look, look the Neighbors 2 page over, and you will, I promise you, you'll find a link to LakeEufaulaHits.com, great internet radio. There's been some changes, let's see, on LakeEufaulaHits.com and their site. Um, I will tell you that JC is doing a show on Thursday nights from what he calls the pub. I'm looking over the pub. I think he's going to be changing the pictures around a little bit, but he's got a picture of Jaws on the pub. You can see a picture of his laptop and maybe a desktop. Have you heard? You can check out JC Live. Our executive producer is doing an internet radio show. Have you heard JC? Have you heard JC Thursday nights live, 6 p.m. Central Time at LakeUfallahits.com. Great music, great request. It's all good. LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. JC, by the way, he's a he's a Jaguars fan, but his First team is the Buffalo Bills, but he's also a Jaguars fan. He's our executive producer of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. He's got a huge bottle cap, a huge, I believe that's a huge Buffalo Bills bottle cap. You can see on the wall of the pub uh, where he does his show. And uh, JC's even got a Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It looks like maybe, is that a mini helmet? But um, check out his website, LakeUfallahits.com www.lakeyoufallahits.com. You go to our website in the Neighbors 2 section, and we've got a link where you can get to um, lakeyoufallahits.com, great internet radio. And now JC's got a show from his pub. at at, at his at, I believe this is in his office or home called The Pub. He's got it well-decorated. You'll see it on the website. And you can listen to his show Thursday nights live at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, LakeUfallahits.com. Great music, great request. It is absolutely all good. So, you know, Gaylor told us that Evan Ingram had done well in the uh, Pro Bowl. Evan Ingram scored a touchdown, two-point conversion in the Pro Bowl. There was not much defense in the Pro Bowl. 
The NFL Pro Bowl game, not much defense in this one. An exhibition mainly, the NFC 64, the AFC 59. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl coming up. Kansas City coming up this week now. Super Sunday. This coming Sunday, February the 11th, Kansas City Chiefs playing the San Francisco 49ers. We'll take a look at the latest line on the game as well. Got more about the Jaguars. Uh, North Florida Entertainment coming up as well. The Icemen are red hot, man. They have, uh, you know, after getting off to a slow start, the Icemen back in October, November, they were actually under 500. They have been hot on ice in uh, December and January and now absolutely into February. The Icemen are hot. And uh, we'll talk about the Icemen, North Florida Entertainment, more about the Jaguars. And we will preview the Super Bowl coming up next as well here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode show number six. We're saluting Jaguars backup cornerback, special teams guy, Chris um, Clay Brooks, who wears number six now for the Jaguars. Uh, We'll salute Jay Cutler, who wore number six for the Chicago Bears. And number six, I'm going to have to pull, I'm going to have to pull up Baker Mayfield because I was told Baker Mayfield wears number six as well. And I'll take a look at that right now because I have, I want to confirm this. I was, I read something that Baker Mayfield, um, where's number six. He's been playing with Tampa Bay, had a good season with Tampa Bay. They did get knocked out of the playoffs. Um, Baker Mayfield does wear number six. When he played for Cleveland, he wore number six. Um, Let's see, he wore number six, or he's wore number six with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Looks like he wore number six with when he was with the Oklahoma Sooners as well. So we'll salute Baker Mayfield. Had a great season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Helped lead Tampa Bay to the playoffs as their quarterback. I think he was on kind of a prove-it deal. And I'm sure Tampa Bay is going to make every effort to re-sign him and keep him In Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield wearing number six for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jay Cutler, who no longer plays in the NFL, retired basically from the pro ranks, played his college ball at Vanderbilt, but he wore number six. Let me substantiate that, too. We'll take a look at some Jay Cutler pictures here. Jay Cutler. Um... Jay Cutler played for the Chicago Bears. Man, he had all the potential, the strong arm. The I guess the career just did not resonate to as much potential as a lot of people thought he had, but he did play very well, played good football at times. He did wear number six when he played for the Chicago Bears. So we're saluting Jay Cutler, who wore number six, Baker Mayfield, who wears number six, and Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback uh, Chris Claybrooks, who, of course, we talked about Chris Claybrooks, who uh, was really a high draft pick for the Jaguars, sixth or seventh round. And um, Chris Claybrooks absolutely wears number six for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jags have gotten a lot of mileage out of Chris. He had a little bit of legal trouble, as you know. Uh, Hopefully that's going to be past him now. He's played with the Jaguars. I believe he's going into his uh, fourth season Uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to our uh, supporter and correspondent, um, John Gaylor, 
who uh, asked him, I said, who's wearing number six with the Jaguars? And he told me Chris Claybrook. So those are those are three number sixes where three guys that have worn number six or wear number six in the National Football League. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. We'll take a look at some North Florida entertainment and uh, take a look at the Super Bowl as well coming up next. Okay, episode, absolutely, episode show number six, season number five of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, February 5th of 2024, the Pro Bowl's in the books. Uh, By the way, Trevor Lawrence was invited to the Pro Bowl. I could have sworn I saw a picture of Trevor talking to Peyton Manning at the Pro Bowl, which kind of means I think Trevor was there, but not officially on the the AFC roster is what I'm thinking, but he was invited, according to John Gaylor, our uh, correspondent, our correspondent um, and supporter of the podcast. John Gaylor told me several days ago that I think Trevor was actually invited to be on the Pro Bowl roster, and I believe Trevor declined because of the injury situation. He didn't want to take a chance of retweaking. Any of the three injuries he got over about a month-long period on the stretch run of the season, got to get Trevor 100% healthy. The Jaguar players that were actually on the AFC Pro Bowl roster, I believe, included Evan Ingram, who caught a touchdown pass and a two-point conversion in this game. Um, you had uh, Matisic, the Jaguars' long snapper, made, a, made the Pro Bowl. And obviously, Josh Allen, who broke the Jaguar sack record, he was on the AFC Pro Bowl team as well. I believe that covers it. Um, if I'm not right, I'll check back with John to see if there was anybody else. But I think it was mainly those three. Evan Ingram, who got the invite, it, it seems like after uh, Kelsey, the probably the best tight end in the league with the Chiefs, is in the Super Bowl. Evan Ingram did get an invite. You know, after it's determined, hey, Kelsey's not going to be in the Pro Bowl. He's in the Super Bowl. So Evan Ingram then at that point got an invite. Evan Ingram had a great season, over 100 catches. That was his main claim to fame was the over 100 uh, catches. Um, And, I mean, that 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 was a good year, over 100 catches, right? He's in the Pro Bowl. So is long snapper Matisic and the Jaguars. Basically, the Jaguars' all-time leading sack guy for one season because he broke Calais Campbell's sack record in 2023. Josh Allen's in the Pro Bowl as well. I believe Trevor was in attendance talking to Peyton Manning, unless that was a photo from, you know, some other week. I, I think Trevor was there probably rooting on his fellow Jacksonville Jaguars in the Pro Bowl, but he did not play. I think Trevor had had got some type of an invite several days ago, but the decision was made. Trevor doesn't need to play. He needs to fully recuperate from, let's face it, three injuries he got in about a month period of time going down the stretch of the 2023 season where the Jaguars sadly lost five of their last uh, six games. So I did actually find the old draft that uh, Chris Claybrooks was drafted in. 
And this was one of Dave Codwell's last drafts. And this was about, was this about four years ago? Uh, this was way back when C.J. Henderson was drafted in the first round. Caleb Von Chason was drafted late in the first round. Well, that was a bomb of a draft, wasn't it? Um, LaVisca Chenault was drafted at the top of the second round. I really had high hopes for LaVisca Chenault. You know, he ended up getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. Probably the best guy I'm looking at out of that draft was Devon Hamilton, who it looks like Devon was actually a third-round pick. He was a, a fifth-year senior, I think, at, at Ohio State. Defensive tackle, nose tackle type of player. Ben Barch, who's no longer with the Jaguars, was drafted um, in the, was that the fourth round? Um, And then you look a little bit further down the list. Shaq Quarterman was a fourth round pick. The Jags had like, I think, three fourth round picks. Josiah Scott out of Michigan State, Ben Barch. Shaq Quarterman, Daniel Thomas, who I believe just completed his fourth year with the Jaguars. And, well, all of these guys, all of these guys apparently have been with the Jaguars for four years, unless they're no longer with them. Uh, Jake Luton was drafted in the sixth round. Uh, Tyler Davis drafted in the sixth round of tight end. I believe Tyler Davis is long gone. Uh, Chris Claybrooks was the very last pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the seventh round. So I'm going to tell you, take a look at that draft. Kalewan Jason played a lot of football for the Jaguars, really did not live up to his expectations that the Jaguars had for him and former general manager um, Dave Godwell. So that's looking over an old draft. Daniel Thomas was a really good special teams player. Daniel Thomas actually got hurt. I think, if I'm correct on this, he broke his forearm, got hurt toward the end of the season, which really – It probably hurt his chances to come back with the Jaguars. He may not be re-signed. Colin Johnson, wide receiver out of Texas, was was traded pretty early on. I think he was traded in his first or second year with the Jaguars, maybe toward the tail end of his first year or at the end of the first year, perhaps. Uh, Jake Luton no longer with the Jaguars. He bounced around with a few different teams. Um. Chris Claybrooks, seventh-round guy. The Jaguars got a lot of mileage out of him, and again, he was obviously a seventh-round pick. Where's number six? We're saluting him today on episode show number six, saluting Chris Claybrooks, current Jacksonville Jaguars backup cornerback and special teams guy. He's been a kickoff returner as well. Had a little bit of legal trouble. Hopefully, he's getting over that, but he's he's got some talent, and the guy – the Jaguars have gotten mileage out of it. He's not a six-round pick. He is a, absolutely was a seventh-round pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we'll take a look at the Super Bowl. That's kind of uh, – apparently that's next up on the agenda. Let's pull it up and take a look at the line. I love taking a look at the lines of these games. Kansas City Chiefs, sometimes the lines will will change a little bit. This is Monday morning, right? Uh, February the 5th, as we're recording this podcast, you may listen to it the day we record it, the day we produce it, the day we finish it, uh, or you may listen to it a day or two after. It's still, you know, pretty uh, constant content 
pretty relevant and current content because we're talking about the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, February the 11th. Uh, let's see. I tell you what, we'll pull it up February the 11th and see if we can find a, a line for this game. I know the line's probably changed a little bit now that, you know, now that there's a weekend, a week in the days off, and this is really going to be Super Bowl week. The Pro Bowl is over with now. NFC edged the AFC in the Pro Bowl game, as we discussed. Let's see if I can actually find find a line. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are fourteen and six. The San Francisco 49ers are fourteen and five. And let me tell you, my first impression of this game is: if San Francisco gets behind in this game with Kansas City like they did with Green Bay and even more so with Detroit, I think Kansas City will bury San Francisco. Now, their quarterback, Brock Purdy, man, I've been impressed with him. I finally had a chance to really watch him because I mainly watched the Jaguars, but I watched him in the playoffs in the game they you know came from behind and finally won. I, they, they scored like 17 points in eight game minutes, tied the game up. Detroit had a 24 to 7 lead and San Francisco came came back tied the game up and eventually won the game over the uh, Detroit Lions and the Lions Lions Detroit Lions had a 24 to 7 lead in that game. Kansas City Chiefs they've been tough they beat Buffalo by a field goal. Uh they took they took Baltimore out. The Kansas City defensive backs I don't think Lamar Jackson throwing the football was a match for them. I mean, the, the Kansas City Chiefs defensive backs, they were stifling to the Buffalo Bills that last drive. They are tough. Kansas City defense, especially those defensive backs. Let's take a look at the line of this game. It has changed a little bit. Let me see. San Francisco is actually a two-point favorite now in this football game. The over-under... Is it 47 and a half points? 47 and a half points for the Super Bowl. Uh, the game is going to be played this coming Sunday, February the 11th of 2024 at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time at Allegiant, I believe it's pronounced Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Kansas City Chiefs, great record, 14 and 6. San Francisco 49ers, 14 and 5. San Francisco is a two-point favorite. One of our experts is telling us Kansas City will win the game, cover the spread, and the total will go under. That's what one expert is telling us. That's not me telling you this. This is one of the experts that I kind of depend on sometimes. So Kansas City will win, cover the spread. If San Francisco wins by one point, Kansas City would still win if you, you get two points. Because San Francisco is a two-point favorite as of today on uh, Monday, February the 5th of 2024 with the game impending this coming Sunday, Super Sunday, February the 11th of 2024 at 6.30 p.m. at uh, at the, I guess it's a pronounced Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. A Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I'm sure there's people that have an opinion on that as well. So that's a little update on uh, what's happening with the Super Bowl. We got North Florida Entertainment coming up. We'll talk about the Icemen, who have been absolutely red hot on ice. The Jacksonville Icemen, man, they've come a long way. 
They really have. You take a look at the Jacksonville Iceman in the Southern Division standings, and their record is amazing. They've won five straight games. They're on a hot five-game winning streak from late January now into early February. The Iceman, you remember they were under 500 back in October and part of November, but the Iceman have turned it on a notch, turned it up a notch in December, January, and now in early February. The Jacksonville Iceman are 26 wins, 15 losses, and three overtime losses, 26-15-3. and three. Man, they're playing some great hockey. We'll talk. We're going to talk more about the Iceman and North Florida Entertainment coming up. You're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And, and who will the Jaguars draft in the first round at number 17? I think it should be a wide receiver or probably um, more sincerely and probably a much-needed interior offensive lineman at number 17, and then maybe you go wide receiver in the second round. Still looking. I don't think the Jags have found that number one wide receiver. They want a bigger guy. Calvin Ridley, I get reports that Calvin Ridley was playing underweight during the year, and he's a home run threat, but maybe nothing more, nothing less. Ridley had, you know, slightly, what, over 1,000 yards receiving. Do the Jaguars bring him back? That's a question that will have to be answered by the general manager, uh, Trent Baalke. And you got to pay him. You got to pay him. You're going to have to pay him. Pay him some pretty good money too, right? We'll talk North Florida Entertainment coming up. This is the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. We'll talk Iceman and some concerts coming up as well. Stay tuned. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number six. Uh, we talked about once a kid's name, Chris Clay Brooks, with the Jaguars. Uh, defensive back, been with the Jaguars for what about four years now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the players that go and the players that stay with the Jaguars, and we're going to find a lot of that out in the offseason, especially when the Jaguars, you know, start. They're going to sign some people. I mean, they're going to sign some free agents. Um, Their hope is, I'm sure, to sign Josh Allen to a King's Ransom. Well, Josh Allen wants the King's Ransom, obviously, and, you know, the people that represent him. But – as far as the Jaguars go, man, they love a hometown discount because Josh Allen says he wants to stay in Jacksonville. That's a report. Uh, Balky said the same thing, but has Balky really talked to Josh Allen and his people yet? That's the interesting thing, but they're going to have to negotiate. Franchise tag could be hard for some people to swallow in the Josh Allen camp, maybe. We remember, you know, what was going on with Enrique. What was his name? Uh, Unique, I'm sorry. Enrique is a friend of mine that plays indoor football. But I'm talking about Unique and Gonkwe. Boy, that guy. Okay, so I do about 20 minutes of a segment, and you know what was processed was a minute and a half. I was talking about Unique and Gonkwe, and – Talking about is he still in the hey is he still in the league? 
played for a lot of teams and he never got never got the extreme big money from the Jaguars and I don't think he really got the big money he ever thought he was going to get. So this is Josh Allen's chance, right? You get a big contract. I think he'll get a huge contract. He heard general manager Trent Baalke say he's not sure what the final number will be. But, you know, from from my standpoint is you got to re-sign him. I still think Josh Allen, and I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I think he's got to still become a better player. He got a lot of sacks. And and what I was saying in in the last couple of years is the Jaguars really don't need to draft an edge rusher. They've got one. They they got they've had multiple edge rushers. Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, Trayvon got what, 10 sacks? The number one overall pick in late April of when was he drafted? 2022, right? Yeah, he played the 2022 season, then played better in the second year in 2023, and now he's moving into his third year. you got to have Trayvon Walker's got to develop into a dominating defensive end. I know they list him as an outside linebacker, and I hope the new defensive coordinator can mesh with the current guys the Jaguars have. Maybe bring in a free agent or two, the defensive lineman type players. I think we got enough defensive backs if we can keep most of them. Josh Allen's a guy you got to re-sign. You know, he was in the top five of, you know, edge pass rushers in the National Football League. And the Jaguars need him. Trayvon Walker's on a rookie deal. They need him to continue to develop and become a dominating player. The new defense coordinator that the Jaguars, you know, hired from the Atlanta Falcons, um, you know, I liked what I saw in the film when he was actually um, coaching and teaching his defensive players with the Atlanta Falcons. The Jaguars defense has got to improve. They got to attack the football. They've got to get the other team off the field. Three and outs would be nice. We didn't see many of those last year except early in the year for maybe a game or two. And then three and outs became almost non-existent late in the year, particularly during the losing streak that the Jaguars went on. I mean, Apple turnovers are nice. They can change games. They can win games. However, if you have to depend on the turnover to stop the opponent, that's trouble. That's real trouble. And some of this... Some of our podcasts that did not process, I was talking about that as well. So it's going to turn out a little bit different here on episode show number six. But I am going to tell you that I just I just think you got to have more consistency on defense. You've got to stop the other team from making those sustained drives. That was the key. That's what got the old defense coordinator, Mike Codwell, out the door. Jaguars defense just could not stop the other team's sustained drives. There were too many sustained drives by the Jaguars' offensive opponents in 2023. So, sacks are nice. Josh Allen got a slew of them. He's in the top five of sacks in the NFL. Uh, Trayvon Walker ended up with, I believe, about 10. Sacks are good. The the pass rushers were already on the roster. You didn't have to draft a pass rusher. You do need to re-sign Josh Allen now, and I think the Jaguars will. That's the feeling I've got. It, you know, it could get better. could be nasty. The Jags might even franchise tag Josh Allen and it might not sit too well with the Josh Allen camp 
that's just food for thought on my end. We were going to take a look at the uh, the mock draft, I, and actually the episode, the, the segment that did not that did not process. I talked about it, so we'll try to review it. So I'm a little bit more familiar with it now. This is like a, a take two on the on the draft. The Jaguars will draft around 17. Daniel Jeremiah, who does he work for? ESPN, I believe. I don't watch a lot of the talking heads, but sometimes I look at mock drafts. This mock draft is from late January. We'll take a look at some more uh, here in February and, and March leading up to the free agent frenzy in March. And the free agent frenzy, I know, is going to gonna set the tone and kind of set up the draft in April. Because, you know, if you draft, if you, if you actually sign a couple of defense alignment, you're going to be less apt to draft a defensive lineman, right? I think the Jaguars need an interior offensive lineman with either the first round or second round pick, or they need a wide receiver with the first or second round pick. So what I would like to see is the Jaguars to come out of the first two rounds with a a wide receiver and an interior offensive lineman to help the running game for the Jaguars, to help guys like Travis Etienne, um, Tank Bigsby, who Tank Bigsby certainly needs to improve going into uh, year two. But then all of a sudden, I look at this mock draft, and Daniel Jeremiah's got the Jaguars picking 17th. Of course, they are picking 17th. Uh, You look at other parts of the draft. uh, The Bears have the first pick, and Caleb Williams, who uh, Daniel Jeremiah says the Bears will pick, he's already come out saying he really doesn't want to play in Chicago. But if you draft that guy, you either play him or trade him or might get interesting. Um, you know, Daniel Jeremiah went on to say that, you know, we've seen Justin Fields continue to improve, but, uh, you know, if they select Williams, they, they may trade Justin Fields. That's still in the realm of possibility. Washington Redskins or Washington commanders draft number two, who knows? Maybe it's a quarterback there at number two Patriots drafted three. Maybe it's perhaps wide receiver. Marvin Harrison Jr., or maybe it's Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU. Arizona Cardinals, could could maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. falls to them at number four. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to go somewhere in the top four. Um, there is another guy of interest. Um, um, let's see, Jeremiah's got Dallas Turner going to the Atlanta Falcons with pick number eight. He's an edge rusher out of Bama. So our executive producer, J.C., since he's a Alabama Crimson Tide and Southeastern Conference Western Division insider, he knows about Dallas Turner. He's projected to go eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons, according to Jeremiah's Daniel Jeremiah's recent mock draft. So you move down here, and uh, you go to the Jaguars at 17. And Daniel Jeremiah's got the Jaguars picking a guy named Quinion Mitchell. And I don't like this pick. Daniel Jeremiah did write in his mock draft. Mitchell had a ton of production in 2022. Five interceptions, 20 pass breakups, but wasn't challenged as much in 2023. I guess the teams were uh, throwing to the other side and not his way because he was such a good player in Quinion Mitchell. The cornerback who plays, who played at Toledo, the Toledo Rockets, no doubt, 
Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, had told me about a Georgia Bulldog cornerback. Daniel Jeremiah is not mentioning him here. He's mentioning Quinion Mitchell, pick number 17 for the Jaguars. I don't like it. Um, uh, Daniel Jeremiah went on to say that Quinion Mitchell is incredibly gifted and will put on a show when it comes to athletic testing. And we all know how Trent Baalke likes the combine. So he might get tantalized at the combine, maybe with Quinion Mitchell or somebody else. But in my mind, the Jaguars need to go interior O-line with the with this number 17 pick or wide receiver. If they pick a wide receiver in the first round, go interior O-line, second round, or vice versa. Depends on the type of player that's there. But these are the type of things the Jaguars have got to do. They got to get a big, fast wide receiver who could possibly holding our breath, become a number one. The Jaguars still looking for that number one wide receiver. Calvin Ridley doesn't appear to be it. He's a home run threat, but maybe nothing more, nothing less. Some people around social media are saying, well, Calvin was a little underweight when he played for the Jaguars in 2023. And I kept saying during the podcast, man, he's played a lot of games. We got it. We got to see more. He did get right over 1000 yards receiving. Of course, they, play 17 games now in the National Football League, so you can add that up. Cincinnati Bengals picking right after the Jaguars. Jeremiah's got them picking J.C. Latham, offensive tackle out of Alabama. He's a junior, but obviously would come out a year early for the NFL draft. Cincinnati Bengals, man, they got the right idea. Uh, Picking a guy to protect Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow's been in and out of the lineup a lot. Um his first few years in the National Football League. So Daniel Jeremiah's got the Jaguars picking Quinion Mitchell at number 17, a cornerback out of Toledo. I do not like that pick. Um, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft took place in late January of 2024, of course. So I think the Jags need, you know, you get tantalized by different players like, you know, maybe Quinion Mitchell becomes an all pro. Maybe he does. But I think in this case, and you try to draft a lot of times and a lot of teams draft the the best player available. You've always heard that term, right? But in this case, I think the Jags really need some interior O-line help to help with the running game, to help your quarterback. Um, of course, your, your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be entering, what's Trevor going to be entering now? His fourth year, right? This has got to be the magical year. So we'll see what happens. So the mock draft that Daniel Jeremiah is putting out, he's got the Jaguars picking 17th and taking Quinion Mitchell, a cornerback. And I was told by, I don't know if this is the, the draft that John Gaylor was telling me about, but our, our correspondent, and a supporter of the podcast. I'm not sure this was the guy, but he did mention a cornerback to me in one of the mock drafts he looked at, and I don't like that. And it's interior O-line and wide receiver for me, but, you know, general manager Trent Balk, he's not going to listen to me. You see what he's done on the last couple of drafts, right? It's been a little different than what I thought, What I, you know, what I thought it would be. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. 
And uh, we're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. Uh, make sure you see uh, Larry Saucer for your real estate needs. Larry does a great job at uh, appraising property. He's done that for years, property appraisal, and does a great job on your real estate needs, whether you're buying or selling, whether it's home residential business or commercial real estate. Uh, you can go to our website at uh, bigjreport.com. That is bigjreport.com. Check the homepage near our 24-7 North Florida weather information. Speaking of the weather, and we had some storms come through here late Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And now the skies are clearing out. It got down to 50 degrees uh, this morning. It is now Tuesday morning, February the 6th. Clearing skies. We're going to look for sunshine during the day. Uh, mostly clear skies at night. Now it's going to turn a little colder. 62, for uh, approximately 61 or 62 for the high late tonight. And in the morning, going to go down to near 39 in North Florida and in the Jacksonville, Florida area. But we got some wind too out there. North winds uh, blowing at as much as 12 to 24 miles per hour. It's going to be breezy out there over the next few hours uh, here in the Jacksonville, Florida area. We'll talk North Florida entertainment. The Icemen are extremely hot. They've won five in a row. Uh, they're looking good in the standings. We'll talk about the Icemen, North Florida entertainment. And more coming up on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm kind of leaning toward Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I think Andy Reid could outcoach the the coach in San Francisco. Um, you got a guy in Brock Purdy with San Francisco who, man, he's got everything in front of him. If he could win this game, right, and win a world championship for the San Francisco 49ers, been a while for them. Kansas City's got the best tight end in the game, and uh, Kelsey, they got Patrick Mahomes, and they got even more now. I think they've got really a solid defense, particularly the defensive backs look stifling for the Kansas City Chiefs. Their defensive backfield, their cornerbacks and safeties could be, you know, maybe in the top two or three in, in all of football right now. They did a great job stopping Buffalo in their playoff game. They beat the Bills by three points. But that last drive, the quarterback for the Bills, Josh Allen, comes down the field. And, man, it just seems like all the wide receivers for Buffalo were covered going down the stretch on that last drive. And then Buffalo missed that field goal wide to the right and lost the playoff game by three points to Kansas City. Kansas City's now in the Super Bowl. However... As we told you a little bit earlier in the podcast, San Francisco is like a two-point favorite in this game. I'm kind of leaning to Kansas City. One of our sources said Kansas City will win the game, cover the spread, and the total will the total will go under. We'll talk more North Florida entertainment coming up. The Icemen are hot. They've won five in a row. Um, the record for the Jacksonville Icemen is dazzling right now, considering that they were you know, they were actually under 500 back, I believe, in October and part of November. Uh, at this juncture, the Jacksonville Icemen are probably the hottest team on ice in the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division. The Jacksonville Icemen with a five-game winning streak are now 26-15-3, and 
26 wins, 15 losses, and three overtime losses, but a great record, 26-15-3 and three as of uh, today, February the 6th of 2024. We'll take a look at uh, more North Florida Entertainment coming up. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Thank you for listening. Okay, we you know, we do have North Florida Entertainment coming up. The Icemen are hot, five-game winning streak. Um, the weather report's interesting now. I just checked the temperature this morning on Tuesday morning, February the 6th, and now we dropped a little bit more. Uh, we've actually dropped to 48 degrees. Wow. It was like 50 earlier. Now we're down to 48. Looks like 39 for the late. The, the late night low temperature tonight and in the morning, but we're 48 right now. Looks like skies are going to be clearing out there. We'll see sunshine during the day now for the most part and clearing skies at night, but colder. Uh, today's high around 61 or 62 lows tonight, late tonight around 39 um, here in Jacksonville, Florida and around Duval. 48 this morning and then in about 24 hours going to look for about about 39 so colder weather coming at us uh, clearing skies i like the skies when they clear no doubt about that well i was talking about unique and earlier yeah he's still in the league and he's a guy you forget about sometimes the jags uh, drafted him uh, he was a you know, gen- former general manager Dave Codwell pick out of uh, Maryland. And I believe what was in Gakwe, I believe a third round pick, I believe. He's now with the Chicago Bears defensive end. Of course, the Bears, you know, did not quite make the playoffs this year. And unique in Gakwe, here, here's an interesting thing about him. He's still only 28 years of age. Born in Washington, D.C., back in... 1995, the year the Jacksonville Jaguars started playing regular season games in 1995, and he was born, he was actually born before the 1995 Jaguar season. He was born March 31st of 1995. He's still only 28 years of age. Um, when you take a look at all the teams he's been with, boy, it's like a roadmap. Um, you know, he thought he was going to get the real big deal with the Jaguars, um, they offered him the franchise tag. He never really went along with that. And quite frankly, he was kind of moved out of Jacksonville because he wanted, he wanted to be moved out of Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, he played his rookie deal, uh, with the Jaguars from 2016. That's the four year rookie deal, 2016 to 2019, Played with the Vikings the next year in 2020. Played with the Ravens the same year in 2020. Played with the Las Vegas Raiders in 2021. Indianapolis Colts. I'd forgot about that. Indianapolis Colts in 2022. And now he's with the Chicago Bears. He joined the Bears in 2023. And is still, at this present time, still with the Chicago Bears. So the guy's been on, he's been on six different teams. And he spent the most time during his rookie deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a little update on 
unique in Gonk way. Um, we saluted some number six guys, as you know. Uh, we saluted Jay Cutler, no longer in the league, played with the Chicago Bears, is retired now. Baker May- Mayfield, quarterback with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's looking for a new extended deal. Will the Bucs extend them? Probably will. He had a pretty good season with the Buccaneers, and they made the playoffs. Playoffs? They did make them. So you think Baker will get some kind of an extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How much, how large remains to be seen. Um, I will tell you that, you know, as we, we talk about extensions and things of that nature, the Josh Allen trade is, well, we, we hope there's not a trade. We hope he's just straight up signed by the Jaguars. Did I say trade? Well, a lot of players get traded. Back in the old days, they got traded all the time, you know, before free agency. Um, so I'm going to take a look. I'm taking a look at some other things, and we're kind of multitasking as we, we do all this. Here's another guy I wanted to include in the number six. John James was a punter with the Florida Gators way back when, right? Um. John James had a 13-year career as a punter. John James punted for 43,992 yards, almost 25 miles. I'm reading an article way back in 2016 by I.J. Rosenberg looking at an article. Ray Guy may have been the best punter in NFL history, but John James certainly gave the Oakland Raiders a great, uh, gave the Oakland Raiders a great run for his money when he, Kicked for the Falcons for 10 years in a 13-year career. John James, who played at the University of Florida, and he wore number six, mind you. John James punted for 43,992 yards, almost 25 miles, while making the Pro Bowl three times. He had only six of his 1,083 punts in the NFL blocked. And uh, also held, now this is back when, well, I guess the punter started holding. It used to be the backup quarterback. But he also held for some of the more memorable field goals in franchise history. And he played He played with the Atlanta Falcons for 10 years as their punter. I'm looking at his old photo right now. Number six, John James. He was with the Florida Gators back in the 1970s. So he goes... Way, way back. Um, there's even more of the story. This was actually a story that was originally published in the Atlantic Constitution. John James was born in Panama City, Florida. Actually never played high school football at Bay County. Turned off by a coach early in his career. How often does that happen with a player? That does happen. When he was told he was nothing more than a tackling dummy. Man. He got a chip on his shoulder quick. He enrolled at Florida in 1968, where his father, Wilbur, played on the Great Gators team of 1928. How about that? When Coach Doug Dickey was brought in to replace Ray Graves two years later, James decided to try out in the spring of his sophomore year and made the team. He also spent a long career kicking for the Atlanta Falcons, in the National Football League, 
I'm going to salute number six, John James, who kicked for Coach uh, Doug Dickey back in, I guess it was the early 1970s when he finally made the team as, what, a sophomore. So John James made a count after getting his foot in the door with the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll salute John James also. Maybe a surprise number six among quarterback Jay Cutler, quarterback Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, who's, you know, a current player in the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And also number six, defensive back, uh, Chris Claybrooks, cornerback, backup cornerback and special teams guy with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's our salute to number six. Also, we salute our sponsors, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. JC does his uh, Thursday night show from the pub and is, uh, um, of course, LakeUfallahits.com studios. He's also our executive producer here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, but he is doing a radio show from the pub, from his pub. and uh, so check him out, LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They're, they do operate 24-7. So if you're looking for a good internet radio station, LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. Mad Max on Wednesday nights at the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. I want to tell Max thank you for allowing me to come on his show. I usually come on once a month or twice a month typically. And we talk about music, we talk about football, and Max plays request, classic rock request, music pop classics, and more. The Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. You'll find the links to Max's show on our website at bigjreport.com in the neighbors two section and also the outside the box section. There's also links for lakeyfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good as well. So a lot of good internet radios to check it out. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. JC does his show from the pub, from his personal pub. And he got a lot of great pictures on the pub. So if you go to the website, you'll see the pictures in his pub or almost like man cave area, but he calls it the pub. So check it out. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. And of course, the Mad Max Mix, MadMaxMix.Weebly.com is on Wednesday nights. JC's show is on Thursday nights at LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. So both of these shows and internet radio entities are on our website at BigJReport.com in the Neighbors 2 section near the concert area, near the concerts. There's also an article about Mad Max in the Outside the Box section. You can also uh, click a link to Max's show in the Outside the Box section. And also in the Neighbors 2 area near the concerts. And you'll also find LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio links to that internet radio station in the Neighbors 2 section as well of BigJReport.com. When we talk about the Iceman being absolutely so hot, and they, you know, they actually have been. They've been tremendously hot. They actually were under 500. They had a losing record going back to part of October and early November. And then they really turned it up a notch in December, January, and now in early February. By the way, we got the coffee brewing now at World Headquarters. 
Um, I'm drinking some Javalia Dark Gold Roast uh, this morning, and it's pretty good, too. I'm not fond of all the Javalia coffees. I've tried a few, but this Gold Roast, the Dark Gold Roast, I would highly recommend that. There's a lot of other coffees I enjoy, too. But right now, we're drinking the Javalia Dark Gold Roast coffee uh, this morning. Hottest team on ice in the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division, the Jacksonville Iceman. Now 26-15-3 as of February the 6th of 2024. So we take a look. You know, we absolutely take a look at the East Coast Hockey League standings. Uh, the Iceman playing very, very good hockey. We take a look at the uh, Southern Division as of February the 6th of 2024. At current report, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits lead the division with 65 total points. The Iceman with 55 points in second. South Carolina Stingrays in third place with 54 points. Orlando Solar Bears dropping a little bit with 48 points, and they're in fourth place. Florida Everblades not having one of their better years. They got 47 points, still having a good season at 2014 and 6 0. Savannah Ghost Pirates are not in the cellar. They got 37 points there in sixth place. But the Atlanta Gladiators in the cellar with 34 points in the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League, a league that has 28 teams, seven teams in four different divisions. We kind of highlight the Southern Division, you know, and follow teams like the Jacksonville Icemen, the Savannah Ghost Pirates, Atlanta Gladiators. Right now, the Icemen in second place, about 10 points behind the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. But let me give you an idea of how the Jacksonville Icemen are peppering the net. They've scored a lot of goals here recently during their five-game winning streak. Overall, you take a look at the goals for. The Jacksonville Icemen have 149 goals for, while the Greenville Swamp Rabbits have 151 goals. So the Icemen just two goals behind the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. And then on defense, goaltending, the Swamp Rabbits have given up 131 goals, while the Icemen have given up just 115 goals in the 2023-24 season of the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, we will take a look at some recent scores. We gave you their record, man. The Icemen got a tremendous record right now. Uh, they're playing tremendously uh, good, good hockey and We'll uh, take a look right now at the Jacksonville Iceman and some some uh, recent you know some recent games that they've been playing in. Uh, they do play at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. And here we go, the seventh season. This is absolutely the seventh season of Jacksonville Iceman hockey here in the 2023-24 season. When I returned to Jacksonville about 12 years ago, there was no hockey team here. I was shocked because when I was a kid, there was the Jacksonville Barons in the mid-70s. When I was a toddler, there was a team called the Jacksonville Rockets, and they were, you know, they they had they, they had flashes of playing well, but I know they had one season where I remember as a kid, maybe five, six years old, the Rockets were, were like 0-23-1, or they had lost many, many games in a row. The Barons came in, and that was the first hockey I had ever gone to see in the old Jacksonville Coliseum. Uh, the Barons were in Jacksonville for two years, I believe, in around 1974-75. Uh, 
Uh, the Iceman, we got hockey back here. In between, the, you know, there were the Jacksonville Bullets, the Jacksonville Barracudas, the Lizard Kings. Everybody enjoyed the Lizard Kings, which appeared to be a lyric from a from a Jim Morrison and the Doors song, I believe. So the Jacksonville Lizard Kings, you had the Barracudas, you had the Jacksonville Bullets. I think I might be missing one team, but now really a solid franchise that's been in Jacksonville for seven years. The Jacksonville Icemen, they're in their seventh season of Jacksonville Icemen hockey here in Jacksonville, Florida, and this is the 2023-24 season. East Coast Hockey League update, the Jacksonville Icemen keep on winning. They're scoring a mountain of goals. After the Iceman's 5-2 win over the Greenville Swamp Rabbits on Saturday night, February the 3rd of 2024, the Iceman's uh, record has improved now to 26-15-3, 26 wins, 15 losses, and three overtime losses. So the Iceman, man, they're red hot on the ice. Hot on ice, the Jacksonville Iceman, North Florida's hockey team is 26-15-3. and uh, they're hot on ice. The Jacksonville Iceman keep scoring and keep winning. They also blasted the Gladiators. As we go back to a few days ago, the Jacksonville Iceman 7, the Atlanta Gladiators 2, a uh, final on Friday night, February the 2nd of 2024. And right now, the Iceman in second place, completely entrenched in second place. The Jacksonville Iceman now 26-15-3 as of February the 6th of 2024. So that's a look at, you know, the Jacksonville Iceman and an update on the Iceman uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We'll take a look at uh, some concerts as we kind of wind down the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We did take a look at a mock draft where Daniel Jeremiah thought the Jags had drafted a cornerback. I guess he still could. General Manager Trent Balky's Got to go through free agency in March. That could, you know, that that sometimes sets the table for the draft in late April. And then they go, you know, they're going to go to the combine and he might get blown away by a player, fall in love with a player, essentially, like I think Balky did with Trayvon Walker. Let's hope Trayvon Walker becomes a dominating player in year three and four. He did get in his second year in the NFL, Trayvon Walker did have 10 sacks. Um the guy that's going to get the big contract right now appears to be Josh Allen, who led the team and even broke the single-season sack record of Calais Campbell for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we will take a look at, uh, let's see, some concerts coming up. By the way, the links for the internet radio stations, LakeUfallahits.com, www.LakeUfallahits.com. And the madmaxmix.weebly.com. You can click on those links in the internet radio food court, which is in the neighbors two section of the bigjreport.com website. We take a look at concerts. Some of these links are in the concert areas as well. And let's take a look at some shows that are coming up. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the ZZ Top Show coming March 5th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. I think uh, John Gaylor was amused when I when I tried to sing Beer Drinkers and, and Hell Razors, one of their old songs off, I believe, the DeGuelo album. There was another song off DeGuelo called Cheap Sunglasses. 
I'm Nationwide. That was another one. Duelo was probably my favorite album by ZZ Top. Had a song called Manic Mechanic. Really a obscure and unique song. They they do it in concert. I've, I've seen them on YouTube do it in uh, concert footage as well. But ZZ Top will be in Jacksonville on March the 5th. Let's go back to the uh, earliest shows that we have for you. Now, we don't give you all the shows. Um, I do know that Psychic Deli was at the Voussoir. It's called the Voussoir in Atlantic Beach. They were there last weekend. Some shows now coming up. Gladys Knight will be performing on February the 13th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, the ZZ Top show, ZZ Top performing on March the 5th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. The Starship uh, featuring Mickey Davis at 7.30 p.m. on March the 9th of 2024 at the Thrasher Horn Center in Orange Park, Florida. And let's see, the group Widespread Panic will be performing for three nights in St. Augustine. That's the group Widespread Panic. will be performing in St. Augustine, Florida for three nights and three shows on March 22nd, March 23rd, and March the 24th of 2024 at 7 o'clock p.m. for the first two nights and 6.30 p.m. on the final night on Sunday night, March the 25th. I'm sorry, Sunday night, March 24th. That'll be the final night for Widespread Panic at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday night, March the 24th. On the final night of the Widespread Panic shows in St. Augustine, Florida at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. Again, Widespread Panic will be in St. Augustine at the St. Augustine Amphitheater March 22nd, March 23rd, and March the 24th of 2024. Uh a, a, a guy you can hear on Mad Max's show, madmaxmix.weebly.com. You can hear Mad Max will play Al Stewart from time to time on his show on Wednesday nights. Al Stewart is back. You know, he came to uh, Northeast Florida last year, I believe in 2023. Now he's back in 2024. Al Stewart is back. From the Year of the Cat fame, Al Stewart performing at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall on Saturday night, March the 30th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. in Ponte Vedra, Florida. One of my favorite songs by Al Stewart is a song called Just Another Song on the Radio. Al Stewart did um, the Year of the Cat and a few other choice songs as well, so you can check him out and see him live. Al Stewart performing at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall on Saturday night, March the 30th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. Again, that's in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. And here's a good one. Uh, in a few months, several weeks, a few months down the road, this is a good one. Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish on Friday night, September the 27th of 2024 at 7 o'clock p.m at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Should I give you a Super Bowl pick? I think I'm going to. I've been thinking about it while I've been doing episode show number six, uh, season number five. This is episode show number six. We saluted John James, former punter, who wore number six, punted for at least 10 years with the Atlanta Falcons. I think he was in the NFL for about 13 years. Also punted for the Florida Gators way back 
in the early 1970s. I think he enrolled in school in 68, but didn't really start playing till his sophomore year when Doug Dickey became the coach, I believe, in 1970. That's about the time I started following Florida Gator football. So John James would have probably been the first punter I remember as a kid growing up listening to Florida Gator football on the radio with uh, Otis Boggs. And back then, we were probably lucky to get three games on TV back in the early and mid-1970s. So I salute John James, who wore number six with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we salute Jay Cutler, who retired. And I think the last team he was with was the Chicago Bears. He wore number six. Baker Mayfield, the current Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, wears number six. And Chris Claybrooks now wears number six for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been with the Jaguars uh, for four years. He's kind of a backup cornerback and really good special teams player. He's done you know kickoff returns as well during his four years with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So got four guys we're saluting at number six. Chris Claybrooks with the Jaguars. Jay Cutler, who retired, used to play for the Chicago Bears and obviously wore number six. Baker Mayfield still in the league, wearing number six currently with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, number six, also John James Punter, formerly of the Florida Gators and the Atlanta Falcons, had a long NFL career as well. John James wore number six. Jay Cutler wore number six during his career, and he kind of finished up, I believe, with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Number six, Baker Mayfield, still with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he now wears number six with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chris Claybrooks, backup cornerback, but he's seen a lot of playing time in his four years with the Jacksonville Jaguars and has played a lot of special teams as well. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt report podcast we want to thank our producers uh the teal shirt report podcast has been eloquently produced by our executive producer jc also by alex nunnery and want to thank our correspondent and supporter of our podcast our contributor correspondent and supporter of the podcast that's our contributor correspondent and of course supporter of the podcast mr john gaylor john thanks for everything all your insight your opinions and a lot of times john will get me information man i didn't know that and then sometimes i'll follow it up and research it some but john gaylor gets us a lot of information for our podcast thank you for listening to the chill shirt report podcast going to be a cold one tonight in jacksonville late tonight and tomorrow morning getting down to a low temperature of around 39 degrees high temperature in the afternoon around 61 or 62 as the skies are clearing out and it's going to turn uh, colder tonight in Jacksonville, Florida. That's going to do it uh, for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, This has been episode show number six of season number five. I'm your host, Scott, of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And hey, have a great day. And I am out until next time. Thank you for listening. Oh, by the way, I'm not even going to call it an encore. I'm going to give my pick. I kind of, in a roundabout way, said I was thinking about the Super Bowl. I'm going to give a pick right now. I think the difference is is the Kansas City Chiefs defensive backs, the coaching of Andy Reid, who if there's any problems at halftime, he's going to come up with a uh, with adjustments and a plan in the second half. If San Francisco gets behind in this game like they did with Green Bay and Detroit, they will be buried. 
I don't think they're going to get buried, but I don't think they're going to win the game. I'm going to pick Kansas City. Kansas City. Let me go ahead and pick it now. Kansas City Chiefs 24. And remember, San Francisco's a two-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs 24 and the San Francisco 49ers 20. I made the pick. Could there be more offensive explosiveness in this game? Possibly. I'm sure Travis Kelsey will get his touchdown. I'm sure Mahomes will throw a touchdown or two. And the defensive backs, could they stifle Brock Purdy, the 49ers quarterback, a little bit? We'll see. I mean, the 49ers got Debo Samuel. They've got McCaffrey, the running back. They got some offensive weapons. Both teams do. Keep an eye on the Chiefs running back, Pacheco, the tight end, Kelsey. Man, they've got some players. There's some good players on both of these teams. Should be a good game. I'm going to take Kansas City to win it. You know, and part of me may root for San Francisco to win this game, but I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs defensive backs, with all the offensive weapons the Chiefs have with a quarterback, Mahomes, and, and the tight end, Kelsey, and the running back, Pacheco, I still think the defensive backs could put them over the top. And also the coaching of Andy Reid, he might outcoach the 49ers coach. I'm going to take the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs 24, San Francisco 49ers 20 is my Super Bowl prediction here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm out. Hey, you guys have a great day, and thank you for listening to episode show number six of season number five of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And hey, you guys have a have a great day. Thank you for listening. Okay, a bit bit of an encore. A bit of an encore. Now I gave you the Super Bowl pick. I'm taking Kansas City to win the game. Kansas City Chiefs 24, San Francisco 49ers 20. Real quickly, though, on the encore, I was just saddened to learn. I just saw a news flash that Toby Keith, the country singer, passed away. I believe he was 61. He'd been suffering um, recently or maybe the last few years with stomach cancer. Sad to hear that. I, I'm i not the biggest country music fan of all, but most, I, you know, I'm not the biggest country music fan of, of all, of course, but I, I will tell you that Toby Keith was well known by me and many other people in the music world, the music scene. Toby Keith, I believe, was 61, and I just learned he passed away and it must have happened just today because i'm just learning about it now also florida gator basketball i had mentioned this on one of the segments that i think kind of got washed out it didn't process properly but how about the florida gators have they played in some close southeastern conference basketball games or what they beat georgia in overtime Florida had a 13-point lead. Florida had outscored Georgia 13 points in the first half. Georgia outscored Florida 13 points in the second half. The game ended up tied in regulation, and I believe Florida outscored Georgia 17-13 to in the overtime and won the game by four points, 102-98. to So essentially, Florida beats Georgia in overtime over the past week. They beat Kentucky, Florida, the Florida Gators basketball team, the Florida Gators men's college basketball team, they beat Kentucky in overtime. And then how about this? 
They lost to Texas A&M last Saturday by one point. Now I have the Florida Gators basketball team coached by Todd Golden in his second year. Man, have they been in some close games in the last week to 10 days or what? Good luck to the Florida Gators basketball team. They're they're keeping it exciting, if nothing else. And when you're in games that close, two overtime games and then a one-point game, I guess your best hope is you win two out of three. You like to win them all, but, you know, your best hope with the law of averages is win two out of three, and the Gators did that. That's our encore. This has been the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've been produced by our executive producer, J.C., also by Alex Nunnery, and, of course, our correspondent and supporter of the podcast, John Gaylor. And, uh, John, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to episode show number six of season number five. I know I didn't get everything in, but we tried to get in as much as possible. We'll be back again real soon with another edition and episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, this has been episode show number six of season number five. We've been doing this podcast since about mid-January of 2020. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And hey, I'm your host, Scott. I'm out. Have a great day. A quick but sad encore, uh, double encore here. Toby Keith, I did some checking. He did pass away, and he was actually... Not 61, it was 62. So we send our condolences out to the, the country music world, to all of Toby Keith's you know, friends, especially his family, his friends, his many, many fans. Toby Keith has passed away. He was 62 years of age and had suffered from, I believe, stomach cancer. And our prayers uh, go out to his family, friends, and all of his fans, of course. Rest in peace, Toby Keith. This has been the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Thank you guys for listening.